The only problem is every type of energy we have is based off of the need to at least use some form of fossil fuel to get any energy in the first place. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize the the faith. faith. Welcome to episode 89 of the Carpe Fide podcast. How are you tonight, Jess? I'm doing great, Justin. Philly's just secured their second win in the World Series. That's right. Oh, well. Oh, it could be over by now, by the time that our listeners get to the episode. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it could be sad. It could be glorious. It'll um, be glorious. They're think, gonna they're gonna clench they're gonna clench everything on their on the home stretch here. I'm thinking. Uh, I I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Or or we'll find out then. Because <laughs> it's okay. It's just it's just sports. It's, not it's okay, future selves. If we <laughs> it's we've it's grown accustomed sports. to it. It's just sports, everybody. But they are two and one up on the Houston Astros, and that is awesome. And they jacked five home runs tonight. It was a sound defeat, a shutout, seven nothing. The sound of cracking wood, Justin. That was the crack, sound crack, of the crack, crack, crack. All right, this is episode eighty nine. Uh, tonight we'll be discussing the madness of crowds and the vigilant mind. Makes me want to say, crowdabunga, dude. <laughs> <laughs> As, uh, as one would expect, it might make one want to say. <laughs> but this is a very serious topic. Yeah, actually, it, it really is. Um, this is this is the, the vigilant mind part probably because comes from a lot of thinking that I've been doing. We've actually been studying the qualifications of eldership in our men's group at church, and uh, it's been awesome. We've been seriously slow deep dive into each qualification, um, trying to. It's like diving into <clears throat> pudding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like you go over to Bernie Sanders' house. And he takes you over and shows you his giant room of pudding, <laughs> old pudding, and you just drive, you just dive in, and you can't swim in it because it's so, it's so thick. The viscosity is it, cranked all the way up on all this. Way, cranked, it it, it is only a goes to ten. Dive. Turn it to eleven. All right, um, and it's been awesome. And uh, one of those qualifications having to do with a vigilant mind really made me think a lot, um, and and it focuses in on also just a story that's been all over the news uh, since. Um, this weekend, and um, it's, it's a very sad story. Um, I know uh, it's been covered on several, con- uh, so, um, all media. You can find New York Times. New York Times, New York Times has a big article on it. Um, but I know uh, Albert Mueller's touched on it on the briefing. Uh, several commentators have also touched on it. It's very sad. It's a tragedy. It's uh, a Halloween uh, festival celebration, more of a street gathering. Um, in the Itaewon district of Seoul, South Seoul, South Korea, Seoul, Seoul, South Korea. I think it's just um, Seoul. It's just Seoul. Seoul, <laughs> Seoul South Korea. <laughs> um, and in in the Itaewon district, they have it's a it's a very popular nightlife spot. There's lots of dance clubs and and bars and venues that people go to. Um, it's become popular with tourists um, in Seoul. Um, and they had a, a big Halloween celebration. Um, the the metro, uh, the Seoul metro had the Seoul train. <laughs> oh my God. Well, a great way to talk about a serious topic there, Jess. I'm sorry. Okay, to, there's got to be some levity here okay. somewhere. You got to interject some levity. I understand. Um, 
just call recorded, me Levitation Man. I believe they recorded something like 151,000 uh, people that used it that day. The crowd that gathered for this event was uh, was is estimated to have been well over 100,000 people. And uh, they were, we're talking about some people going into alleyways that are uh, as narrow as 3.5 meters. So not a lot of space. Uh, very, very narrow. Um, and there was uh, a surge, uh, what's, what's known as a crowd crush. Uh, the resulting uh, carnage from that, uh, you had a, upwards of 150 people died and 150 people injured, um, m- most of them women. It's very sad. Many of the, Several of them very young, very young people that were involved in the uh, <clears throat> celebration. And uh, it's just a tragedy. It's a tragedy uh, because of the, you know, just the international nature of Seoul, South Korea and the tourism. You had uh, at least 25 international people just from all over the all over the world from russia and china just all over the place they were there they died it's very sad huge tragedy Uh, but it it really does reveal something that is very intriguing to uh, psychologists and that is the idea uh, of crowd psychology what is crowd psychology you asked jesse i did ask that oh good uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's the simple fact that when inside of a crowd, we do not necessarily act as if we were um, given the same scenarios as individuals, uh, that the, being inside of a crowd tends to adjust uh, how we make decisions. We end up actually, uh, for whatever reason, and there's <clears throat> many different um, trains of thought, modes of thought about why crowds make groups more group-style decisions, and they make them as if uh, they were just really um, organic. The crowd just begins to move or act in certain ways. You can see this uh, in in that mob mentality uh, that when a crowd turns violent, you have people that otherwise would never make these types of decisions, making decisions to do and act in accordance with violence because they've uh, been absorbed into the thinking of the crowd. Uh, It's the idea of where following the crowd or going along with the crowd comes from. It comes from this idea of crowd psychology, um, the the underlying the underlying issue that we have in crowds is that there seems to be a mania that is established in crowds at different points. It's it's known as the madness of crowds. This is a relatively old term. It goes back in psychology. Uh, a they should long just call way. it. They should just call it mad crowd disease. <laughs> man, you got all the one liners tonight, man. <laughs> It's all my brain's going to right now. <laughs> um, and the madness of crowds, uh, I mean, you've got a, a, I believe his name was is it Mackie that did some work on this a long time ago. Um, but um, uh, Charles Murray has written a book on the madness of crowds uh, having to do with um, the the sexual revolution and just the thinking <clears throat> of, victim, of the victimhood mentality uh, that kind of absorbed it. In a in that political nuanced and the political correctness of it, and uh, the the acclaim you can have from the victimhood psychology, and the madness of crowds idea, we have something that happens even though there is no necessarily emergent factor that causes a crowd of people to do things that if the individuals were given this choice they would not do these things. Um, the idea that when the crowd happens, when, when, when a crush or a movement of the crowd that rapidly changes in a narrow area, 
when it happens, it causes people to stumble, to fall. Then there's pileups. Then there's people that are acting in their own self self interest inside of the crowd, the crowd mentality, the madness of the crowd, and they're moving around. They're moving away. There's a lack of engagement in helping and care. It's it's a whole different animal. So much so that it, you can have crowd surges in which the rest of the crowd actually moves on to just continue with the evening. And I and I believe that did happen in many cases even here in South Korea, because the crowd was so large that people, there, there are people that are dead, there are dead bodies in the street, and you have people continuing to move on with their nightlife because there's a lack of knowledge and understanding in it because the crowd has acted in one sort of massive mad mob. And there's, there's so many that are even unaware that even though they acted in a certain way that there were consequences beyond what they're actually doing. Um, and I, I think this kind of hits home when you start to, peel back the layers of the madness of crowds and crowd psychology and you start to realize how that is in essence what we have that flows through our culture all the time in the what seems to be just never ending uh, cycle and barrage of media and consumption of media there's always more to watch to listen to consume and and we have this crush that ends up happening where people begin to adopt and think and grab onto these ideas in media that are repeated like that the covid vaccine was going to prevent transmission from disease yeah yeah and you had you had that on repeat now we can look at that you can say well that was just something that Joe Biden's Try. press secretary Try or Joe Biden himself or Nancy Pelosi or people you, vaccinated. So many people <laughs> said, said microchips <laughs> said that exact thing uh, that that it would stop transmission. Uh, you had news anchors saying that the virus would just stop with vaccinated people. And it was said so much. Now, the madness comes in in the crowd mentality when you have so many people consuming that kind of data that it just breeds this reaction uh not only to what how how amazing and safe this vaccine might have been in actually preventing disease but also in how evil the people that didn't get the vaccine because they're not preventing they're not caring for other people it just turns out that that's not true at all <laughs> but <laughs> at all everybody who got the disease everyone who got the vaccine thinking it was going to stop the spread to other people should be refunded and then compensated. Yes, but since we, you know, didn't necessarily charge people to get the vaccine, you could just, you know, kind of go get it. How about everybody gets their job back? Oh, how about everybody gets their job back with back pay? Well, yeah. I mean, the economy's already crippled, too. Who cares? <laughs> we'll just print some more. Stop, but that's... <laughs> That's that's where you see this madness of the madness of crowds creep into our consumption of media. Uh, one thing can be said by several figures, and it consumes so much that that becomes the madness, the madness in the crowd, uh, where we're we're not thinking through in any real way. We're simply reacting and engaging with the mob mentality, the the madness inside the crowd of media consumption that we have, and it can happen. It's not just covid vaccines it can happen across the across the spectrum of of political or social or economic ideas uh, we, we see this we see the same thing take place when we start to think about something like um, climate change environment care and protection 
we, we start making decisions and we, we, we act on them despite anything else because the madness of the crowd uh, through the media has dictated that we must think a certain way. Remember, we just had a, a recent study uh, done. I think Greenpeace had something to do with it that actually says, oh, by the way, we were all told that we had to recycle plastic bottles. Um, it turns out that the percentage of plastic bottles that are actually recycled is like somewhere like 5%. That's <laughs> 5% of them. We've, we've all been, I mean, we all have it. We all have a recycling container in our house. We all put recycling in the recycling container. We all put it in the proper recycling bin. It's just, it turns out the reality of all those plastic bottles is most of them can actually be recycled. And um, <laughs> we're just, we're doing that, I think, because it, it, we're told to. There's this, this grasp that we, and you can't say anything otherwise because the crowds, the mob mentality has already happened. The mob mentality is already there uh, against it. Um, you can see the same thing again with the environment. We're now going to be stuck coming into a winter across the world where there are such surging fuel prices because we have been told that we should not be accessing anything to do with fossil fuels. The only problem is every type of energy we have is based off of the need to at least use some form of fossil fuel to get any energy in the first place. So when you see something like the fact that um, here, I guess I probably more accurately in the States, um, heater fuel, fuel for heating uh, for most households, if you use uh, a liquid fuel is up 55% over last year. That's a 55% increase. That's unheard of. Natural gas for heating your home. We're talking that that's up 23% over last year. These are huge numbers. These are numbers we can't just scoff at. The reality that we need diesel fuel for, <laughs> for uh, the production of electricity in many places. It's the beginning part. You know, we have, we have engines that help to, you know, charge and establish electrical current. And sometimes they need to start and run so that they can actually begin the process. They tend to run off of diesel fuel. Well, there's a huge diesel fuel shortage. I mean, this is, this is insanity. It's because we have a mob mentality uh, telling us that we can't actually do certain things because they're bad from a perspective. Now, how valid is that perspective? How much science is behind that perspective? Those questions are never even entered into because the mob mentality, the madness of crowds has already established a barometer by which we move forward. And so we must engage with this idea of the madness of crowds, not just in some place like where we see a sad and tragic um, crushing event in a crowd because of that madness, but also in the reality that we consume so much content, so much media. And I get the irony of saying that on a media. <laughs> I, I totally get it. But when we're trying to pull you out of that, there's an importance to that that we can't leave off the table. And so that's going to turn us to a scripture. Jesse, do you want to read for us uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 3 so that we can engage a little bit with the qualifications of an elder? Probably could just read through the, the qualifications in general. That'll give everybody a good taste of the qualifications for an elder. Sure. Uh, first Timothy three, I'll do what? One through seven. Yeah. That sounds, uh, yeah, sure. No, right. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, seven, do it. <laughs> Make it so number one. Make it so. All right. It is a trustworthy saying that if any man aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a good work. An overseer then must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, temperate, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but considerate, peaceable, free from the love of money. 
leading his own household well, having his children in submission with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to lead his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into the condemnation of the devil. And he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Unmute yourself. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent job reading, Jesse. <laughs> you did great. Uh, hi, I host, I host a podcast. I'm a, uh, I just <laughs> I talk to a muted mic the whole time. So. I did one. It was an accident, man. You made a boo boo. I did. Oopsie. You made a boopsie. In First Timothy chapter three of the ESV, <laughs> uh, the qualification in verse two uh, reads as sober-minded and self-controlled, and they actually come back, back to back, sober-minded and self-controlled. I want to focus in on this idea of sober-minded. We were discussing, uh, again, ad nauseum, <laughs> the qualifications of eldership, which is good, wringing them out like a, like an over-absorbed over sponge, just wringing it out in men's group. We were discussing um, how, to, how to accurately understand the idea of sober-minded, and uh, we were identifying that there's a, an aspect of vigilance to the necessity of sober-minded. The idea in sober-minded has the idea of being able to be alert think of the opposite of a person who is drunk who is completely incapacitated they're unable to when you're intoxicated uh from some substance you're unable to accurately be alert and process things so that you can then react this is why drunk driving is dangerous you are unable to be alert and then react appropriately when you need to because you are literally impaired so the idea of being sober-minded has this aspect of vigilance to this we see this in another scripture where they go Back to back again, and that would be in First Peter chapter five, verse eight. It says, Be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Uh, here here we have a clear call to be sober minded and watchful, and the idea comes uh, into also a greater fruition. You can see the same term used in aspects uh, of connected to the uh, armor of God. There's an aspect to this that really has a war-like tone, a a battle cry, if you will. We're called to have a vigilant mind. The vigilance comes in in being able to be watchful, being able to be alert, so that our mind can be something else. And one of the great ways this applies is the idea of the madness of crowds, particularly when we consider all the consumption of media in our culture. The Christian. Now, I know that we're talking about the qualifications of an elder here. One of the most amazing things about the qualification list of elders is how absolutely unremarkable it is when you want to be a godly man or a godly woman in, in essence as well. There's aspects to it that would be similar. In order to honor God, these aspects should be, should be applied to a person who desires to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. And since they are relatively unremarkable list, we want to understand that we need all to grasp a hold of the idea of having a vigilant mind. The vigilant mind is probably the juxtaposition of the madness of crowds. The vigilant mind is not going to be deterred and swayed by the mob mentality. It's not going to simply consume all, all the same talking points and parroting trumpeted voices uh, from media rather it's going to want to understand as the men of Issachar did they understand the times and know how the men and people of God should live and so when we do that we're going to need to engage with the word of God it really becomes a lens it's the lens of the vigilant mind 
through which we can then process appropriately information we're being given. We can evaluate sources. We can then take things in. It's not the idea that you can't have access to media, that we must be in some ways some form of recluse, but we actually must actually rather engage with it because Christ did not pray that we would be removed from the world, but rather that we would be in the world, but not of it that we would be in the world and guarded from the predations of the world so that we could be a light and salt in the world through the great protection of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the word of God. So in having a vigilant mind, we're not going to be carried by things like emotionalism. We're not going to be driven by that force of, of the force, really the force multiplier of emotionalism that seems to be governing our culture. We talked about this last week when we talked about the aspects, um, uh, of, of a cultural compassion versus a Christian compassion, a cultural kindness versus Christian kindness, that one has to be grounded firmly in truth. And that's how we can move. We can move forward and actually be truly compassionate, truly love someone because we are basing that love in truth. This doesn't mean we just give someone what they want. That's what emotionalism actually calls us to an emotional view. And that's what our world's parroting. And so the, the madness of crowds in those instances is derived from the idea that we should just be kind to everyone. Well, that kindness actually means we just give to people what they want, but that, that ignores the truth of what is actually good for any one particular person. And so the vigilant mind peels back to layers of emotionalism. It peels back to layers of the, the, the media craze, this madness of crowd in consumption of media. We must be cautious to that because we're not just consuming it. Our goal is to have a vigilant mind. The vigilant mind, the lens of the vigilant mind is focused on what honors God, what honors the objective standard of righteousness in the person of God. And so we go to the scriptures, we run to the scriptures. I think the other aspect here, Jesse, and we talked about this um, at church uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about the idea that God had given the feasts to Israel and that all worship is indeed meant to be in a communal aspect that God created us for communal worship to come together in a community and worship him in a corporate sense. But that doesn't mean that individual worship is off the table. Rather, it prepares us for the greater community. It is a shadow of the representation of what full communal worship will be. We know this to be the case because at the end of days, we will not be worshiping God singularly as individuals, rather we'll be worshiping in community when God fully restores us. I was really looking forward to the heavenly cubicles. <laughs> or it's I like, can, a, it's I like, can an, see it now. It's like, or like an Andor when he's sitting in that, that little pod, the little, little pod <laughs> in the billion, the, billion the pod billions, room. Yes. <laughs> it's like Twitter headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And so <laughs> Back, back to the topic on hand. This idea that as, a, as having a vigilant mind, it's actually a guard for the community. And so we all must have a vigilant mind. This is why a qualification for an elder, the, the under-shepherd of Christ over a local congregation of church, of, of Christians at a church, must be vigilant. They must have a vigilant mind, sober-minded, alert on guard, paying attention, processing appropriately that lens of God's word and his character and the scriptures. And like it just, just to further highlight that there is no, there is no herd or mob mentality 
there's no room for that within Christianity. Because even when you think of, um, where was it, Justin? Was it um, Acts 11 with the Bereans? Was that them? No, Acts. You mean the Beliers? But Beliers. I don't. I mean the I believe. I mean the Bereans. Don't, don't look at me. Don't look away. <laughs> do, do, not, not, do not observe my shame. <laughs> Uh, that would be Acts 17, Ooh, 10 17. through 15. There we go. Yeah, so like the Bereans. So when Paul and Silas um, was, were giving their words there, um, they were, it says in verse 11, now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So here you even have um, the testimony of Paul and Silas um, to a people and they were excited and received that word, but then brought that word back up and against God's word. And so there's there's really no room for um, for mindlessness or for um, you know just going going with whatever someone says. Because I, I think I think that that's that's where we get a lot of the problems that we're seeing in 2020s Christianity, where. Um, where we have these giant establishments, both inside and outside of the church, um, or even churches themselves, right? Or even <laughs> churches themselves, um, just perpetuating ideas that are just utter garbage or nonsense. Um, and there's a cost, or there can be certainly a cost to um, dissenting from that view, or dissenting with that view, rather. Um, and so, but, but regardless, we're not called to just go along with it. Um, we're called to examine these things with the scriptures open and that's what we must do. And when we, uh, when that deviates or when that, that word deviates from God's word, we must, um, alter course and follow God's word, uh, every time. Um, it makes me think of, um, Stephen Furtick. <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> no. I am God Almighty. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> no, I, I feel was... like he started that sermon. Sure, he started that sermon with, with a jacket on it. And then by the end, <laughs> clothes were just coming off. Just, All just, sorts of stuff was happening. Is that a tank top he's wearing? I don't know. <laughs> oh man, you know. But um, it, but it, it makes me think of Romans twelve too, where it talks about that that we need to be renewing our minds. That we that our minds them, themselves. I say themselves, but you know, it's not a them it's not a they them it's a yes kid, we are but... all well equipped to understand the english language carry <laughs> forth <laughs> sally on um you know but but we but we're to, we're to renew our minds our intellect our reasoning our way of thinking um it, we're not to leave that area unattended ever we must always be engaged yes and amen this is this is why you can have a large group of emotionally driven christians come together and begin to adopt false doctrine, false teaching, begin to accept it, begin to receive it. What kind of elevation worship experience? <laughs> <laughs> the global church of elevation. That's why uh, you see, you see that it's literally the madness of crowds it, present inside of the church. This can happen across, uh, across different denominations. You all come together. You have a large gathering of that denomination leaders making uh, statements, people with perceived um, dominance, people with perceived leadership roles, people with 
perceived affluence inside of different denominations and inside of a large crowd, you can begin to get a mob mentality. The madness of crowds can rise up. And, and instead of people having vigilant minds to observe a leader and what they're saying so they can properly love that leader and call them back to a sound doctrine, you have the acceptance because of emotionalism and the madness of crowds. A crowd psychology creeps into the church, but we are actually called out, right? That's what the Ecclesia is, the called out ones. We're to come out from the places that gather and gather to a different place where we can be vigilantly minded, sober minded, alert, and on guard, specifically because the scripture calls us to, because sin and evil creep into the hearts of men. There is also spiritual forces of evil that are at work in this world. We must be vigilant to guard against, guard against them. Now, I'm sorry, you don't need a church of a thousand to that. I mean, 10 vigilantly minded men will do amazing things generationally for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is exactly what I was thinking. Mermaid man is the definition. He of is of the vigilant minded <laughs> man. Mermaid man. Oh, man. Oh, hey, man. who are those guys? Uh, are they here to fix the TV? <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Are you Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy? Well, we used to be, but now we're retired. <gasps> but you can't retire. There's evil afoot. <laughs> that's right that's right my man evil's afoot we must be sober minded vigilant minded <laughs> uh, so that we can stand against in such a mindless forces dude, that's evil. great well that's right we can take pop culture and draw truth from it because you know what all truth is God's truth at the end of the day there's a sermon illustration everywhere there sure is and Spongebob is filled with them all you have to use is a little Imagination. Imagination. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, all right, that's about it. That's, that's about all. We got to wrap it up here. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, heading up to the Great White North. Now, nigh on to two weeks. Dun dun dun. We are in November. This is a good reminder for all of those across the country here in, in the United States of America that we have a very important job to do uh, in elections. Elections, everybody. That would be this coming t -t 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 Tuesday. Don't forget. Tuesday is election day here across the country, United States. Elections have consequences, and to be vigilantly minded means you're going to be paying attention to the times and know what the people of God should do. And that doesn't mean we bow out of politics, um, <laughs> as some might think. Rather, it means we push into all of culture because God has called us in to be culture makers for his kingdom. Amen? Amen. And you, and you know what you can do right now? You can go over to... Um, the Godly Grunts podcast, because John Cooper's been doing a wonderful series on voting with an open Bible. Uh, you can catch up on that. There's a bajillion different topics. Um, if you're having trouble finding him, you can just head to Fide Fellowship. Fide, Fide Fellowship, a fraternity of brothers for Christ and the Bible <laughs> in fraternity, loving Jesus, <laughs> worshiping God. The Fide Fellowship. Also, an awesome logo designed by one Jesse Gruber who does amazing artistic 
but yeah, John's been tackling those topics. He's been talking about abortion for everything from abortion to economics to um, uh, gun control to socialism. I mean, he's he's covered he's covered an extensive amount of topics. Still, it turns it's so funny. You'd think, oh no, the Bible has something to say about that, and it's like, oh yeah, no, it does. Look at that. No right way. There. The author of, of all life had something to say about that. Wow. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, we couldn't think of something that God couldn't actually address. Oh, wow. It's because he's God. Yeah. And um, we've got a couple um, articles in written form over on FideFellowship.com uh, from John um, on a couple of those topics. I'll have to edit some more and get some more posted. But yeah. FideFellowship.com. And then check out Godly Grunts through that. Also, several other awesome resources you can check over there. We have a link to several great podcasts. Several, So check those out. We would love for uh, some feedback as well. So always, you can always message us um, through our website. You can message us on the Instas. You Insta, can message us Insta, on the Facebooks. You Facebook, can message us Facebook. on the Twitters. Twitters, Twitters, Twitters. Yeah, that'd be, that, not message us. That's a DM, right? We DM on Twitters. Yeah, you could add us. I yeah, you can, if you wanted to, you go ahead and just, slide into our DMs with a comment or two, so we can get some feedback. 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 Did I use? I didn't use that right. Don't slide into our DMs. Just direct messages, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. And, it's a uh, trap. <laughs> Admiral Akbar cereal. <laughs> now with real imitation shrimp. It's everywhere. Uh, upon that note, dear Christian, I hope that you would grab a grab the scriptures and have a vigilant mind so that you can be aware of the madness of crowds present in media and also in our churches. We must have a vigilant mind with a lens so that we can see the scriptures, understand the times, and know what the people of God should do. Amen. Amen. And with that, we hope you would seize, seize the, the faith. faith.